Test one, two, test one, two. Stop. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Nick Reynolds, Steve Harness, and Cousin Brewski. The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Uh, all those guys. Yeah, welcome to the program. It's The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve Olabruski. And here we are, back for episode 29. Welcome to the program. And see us on our webpage, thevocalminority.net. All our socials available right there. Yep, find us on all those socials. We like uh, we like getting comments. We like you guys sharing our videos. We're trying to grow this. Um, and speaking of which, by the way, guys, um, I think I may have mentioned this to Nick. We have we have a listener in Nigeria, Africa, right now. So. That blows my mind, dude. Worldwide, baby. Is it Bobby McFerrin? That could be. <laughs> That's a callback to the last episode, which if you missed, you should go check it out. It's on all the socials and uh, on the main podcast sites as well. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. Lagos, Nigeria, you're on the air. <laughs> I really would love to know who in Nigeria is sitting here listening to these shenanigans. But uh, I want to see the picture of them listening to us, where they are. We added someone in New Zealand, too, by the way. So, oh. you know, our international audience is doubling. <laughs> <laughs> We've got two of you. Right. So there you go. So, yes. All right. Uh, today's topic of conversation is going to be, uh, who is it, salt and pepper? Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about all the things that, what is it? I don't know. I lost. All the good um, things that were meant to be. Let's right. talk about sex. Um, you know, as we get older in life, sex can, can change. It can get better. It can get worse. Hormone levels up and down, dating, divorce, single, married for a long time. It's a complicated topic. The older you get, am I right? Or am I just right? You are right. Thank you. I've got an article here. It's the, uh, the most common sex issues in your fifties and how to handle them. Now, I would imagine this can expand a little. Uh, I keep having people tell me that because I'm 47, that I'm basically 50. And, and by the way, happy birthday to our own Nick Reynolds, who oh, finally yes. turned 47 this past week, too. So now you're right here with me again. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, people keep telling us that we're basically 50, which if you can round up three years, I don't know why I can't round down three years and basically be 44. I suppose I, you could, but I mean, yeah. yeah I hear, why does everyone I, always round eight to 50? Huh? Well, I'm not closer to 50. I'm the same closeness, you know, 44 to 50. What I'm saying is, is we're closer to 50 now than we were yesterday. That's all I'm saying. Dude. Well, we're closer to 50. We're getting closer. So, we're closer to 90. I, I mean, I say, let's just round all the way up then. Well, I mean, so, but te- technically, if you look on Wednesday, I'd like to think that I'm closer to the weekend ahead of me. Than the weekend behind me. We always round up. That's so the, the age, law of rounding. The age ahead of you would be 50. It's okay, Steve. Don't worry about it. Come, I know some uh, CPAs who have gone to jail for rounding in the wrong direction. Come, you come don't practice over. rounding in, in the uh, <laughs> CPA field, dude. I'm talking in rounding. Anything over six, you round up. That's the law of okay. rounding. Sure. Yeah, I would challenge on, any, okay. any 20 year old listening right now, go buy some beer and tell them I'm basically 21. I mean, come on. 18 year olds, if we're rounding up three years, they should be able to buy beer. They're basically 21, right? Just come changed. on over, Steve. You've, you've, you're fighting this whole thing getting close to the 50 for some reason, and I don't understand it. Because there's a lot of stigma attached there. The hell with that. The last three years of my life, I have been through a lot. I think all of us, if you think back in the last three years, that's a long time is my point. So rounding me up to 50 is just inappropriate. (laughs) And yet it feels like yesterday. Oh, okay. And so this article, the most uh, common sex issues in your 50s, starts off addressing the issue. Living in an ageist culture that equates sex with youth You may uh, believe things fizzle out in the bedroom after you hit a certain age, but in many cases, that's not true. In fact, in fact, 43% of Americans over the age 50 say their sex life was, quote, just as or more adventurous than it was in their younger days. What's the percentage over 50 or uh, that's vague? 43% of Americans over the age of 50 say that their sex life is just as adventurous or even more adventurous. I can believe that, 43%. I can believe it. Yeah, yeah I think I I've gotten more adventurous the older I've gotten. Well, and more times than not, you know, like Steve, you're snipped, or, you know, or at least right. most, of the, most of the women at that age, if you're engaging with women of that age, 
they're going through menopause, so you can't knock them up. These are all valid points. It's like food. Like, your palate expands as you get older often. And you may find you love caviar now, but you didn't in your 20s. Oftentimes, do you not think that people uh, start to expand after 50 through necessity? Uh, it, what, uh, like getting bored or something? or what? No, I mean that they physically can't do things the way that they used to, so now they're doing them this way. No, oh, maybe. I don't know. Oh, okay, yeah. I used to find the idea of uh, mutual masturbation to be preposterous. Like, why would you sit there and watch her masturbate while you're doing it? Like, I've spent my entire teenage years trying to get away from that and go play with a real woman, so why would I sit there and watch somebody? But into my 40s, I found, hey, that's actually kind of a fun thing to do. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. There's a oh lot my of gosh, fun yeah. on there. Uh, let me tell you that uh, there's a part about that, for whatever reason, and I don't know why, that terrifies me. Being exposed and being watched yourself or what? Maybe being so vulnerable with it. That's something that I feel like is uh, hard to do and look like you're <laughs> like you're desirous. Yeah. <laughs> you know what well, I mean? Yeah, I do. But, you know, it's all perception. And some women find sure. it intriguing and fascinating because they don't get to play with that or see that. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I spend most of my life trying, you know, not to get caught, you know, sure. masturbating. Now, it doesn't do much for me unless someone's watching me. Oh, really? really? Interesting. Gets the job done, quote unquote, you know, but it's not as satisfying. Does this become a regular thing in your repertoire out there? Because you are in your 50s officially. Um. I find a lot of women dig it. They really do. Is it just the same if you do it online, like uh, uh, not in person? No, no. It, you be know there. what it is? I met this one woman that wanted no part of either one of us touching one another. But the fact that you're in the room near each other and you can, like, sense it and you can hear them. And yeah, you can, yeah. you know, there's all the smells and, and just everything that goes with that, that experience that you don't get if you're doing it. Virtually. Uh, sure. Yes. I have tried it virtually before, and I'll tell you the biggest problem, it's technical. It's camera angle and lighting. Oh, like, I yeah. need to be able to see what's going on if it's supposed to be intriguing me. But, you know, you got to place the phone correctly. you got to have good lighting. I mean, it's, sure. it's a whole thing. If you're in person, you can adjust your own human eye. So you tried it once and then said, nah, that's not my thing virtually. Yeah, Parts. yeah, yeah. No, there was a time where my wife had taken a tropical vacation by herself for some freaking reason. <laughs> and her mea culpa to me was, but we can like FaceTime and we can play around. I'm like, you're on a tropical vacation. Okay. Like somehow I, you know, desperate married man. I was like, okay, you go to the Dominican Republic alone and I'll sit home and watch you on camera. Ooh, the DR. Wow, nice. dude, that is something else. That's and, funny. Uh, yeah. That was my immediate thing of like, I can't see, can you get the, turn the lights on? Like, that's a terrible angle. Can you like? You need a or tripod. You, you need a whole thing. Well, can't, with the cam girls, at least you know they're in kind of like a studio, studio. sort of setup. They've yeah. got like the lights just yeah. spot, just right and everything. And sometimes and, even a cameraman moving the camera around to get the good angles and stuff. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I will say, I have found that in person, in real life, when you start to get into the whole, like, what can we do to spice things up? Like, yeah, it's fun. Have at it. Do you mind uh, one more question about it? Just about a curiosity, I want, because oh, I've yeah. never done it. Yeah. Are you sitting in bed like uh, Willy Wonka? I mean, are you head to toe? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, how the old people were in bed. Like, I would love to know where in your brain that analogy came from. Willy Wonka, the old couple yeah. in bed. I don't well, even know what you're referencing. Oh, uh, all the old people in one bed, and they slept head to toe, head to toe, head to toe. You <laughs> yeah, the Grand, Grandpa Joe and <laughs> Grandma Georgina and all those. Yeah, I mean, that's now a well-known movie scene, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, now you've ruined it for me. But um, <laughs> is that how you do it, though? Are you just like you stare, look at each other, and you're head to toe? Uh, I would do it like yeah, in preschool when you're reading circle story time and you're all kind of in a circle around from each other. That's my oh. unhealthy uh, equation for you right there. But yes, to answer your question, you have to be across from each other, I would think. All right. Well, let's get into this article. Okay. Uh, the most common sex issues in your 50s. So uh, number one, negative beliefs about sexuality and aging. Uh, our mindset around sex as we uh, uh, as we age has a huge impact on our sex life. And negative beliefs in this area are a, quote, much bigger problem than most people realize. And by the way, just so nobody sues us, this is from uh, the Huffington Post, and it's by Kelsey Morrison. Thank sure. you, Kelsey. 
So let's see. We quote, we, uh, we need to debunk some of the more uh, negative myths and misconceptions about our sexuality as we mature. Yes, hormonal changes can negatively impact us and our bodies and adjust to uh, the shifting sands of time. Uh, but this is greatly exacerbated by our culture's hangups about sex in general, and even more so about sex as people get older. People in their 50s have to get past the social stigma that they are less sexual due to their age, says a psychologist named Shannon Chavez. Uh, they quote, they are more clear on what they want and how to express it. This is the positive to getting older. Uh, sex in your 50s is often more connected and comfortable with less performance anxiety and sexual hangups from the past. Most people in this age group are more confident and have had experiences to know what they want and can be much more assertive towards their partner. I think that is a good thing about your sex life as you get older, that it does seem to get easier for both parties involved. I want to be told what you like. I mean, I know there'll be times that I hit the spot and I'm like, oh, she liked that. But I want to be told what you like and then I'll do it well. Right. Yes. It's interesting you mentioned that. That has been a recurring theme with most of my relationships. And anytime I, including Dottie right now, where I've told her, like, tell me faster, slower, this spot, that spot. I'm about to hit the climax. Like every woman has always told me, like, I don't want to be bossing you around during sex. And I'm always the opposite. No, like we're on a, a nature hike here. I need a map. I need to know where we're going. I don't want to get lost and waste my time dying in the woods. So I don't want to keep going at something that you're not enjoying. Yes. And I think that does come with age, being more comfortable with all of this and experiences of knowing you've had good things and bad things. And I did one thing right for one woman that didn't work at all with the next. Yep. So embrace it. And like I was saying, the mutual masturbation thing, like you may have in your 20s or whatever thought something was ridiculous. But as you get older, maybe you've uh, evolved on that. So they're saying embrace your age and wisdom. When it comes to sex. Thanks, Steve. Second thing on this list, and um, I think the solution of this we've talked about before, uh, vaginal dryness. Mm. The drop in estrogen levels that occurs with menopause can cause vaginal dryness, which in turn can impact sexual function. It's estimated that about half of postmenopausal women deal with this condition. Uh, Spending more time on foreplay can be helpful. Being more aroused can increase your vaginal lubrication, making sex feel more pleasurable. If vaginal penetration is too too painful, other activities such as oral sex or using toys might feel more enjoyable. Uh, There's medication for this that I see uh, advertised on the television. You know, there's a good portion of women who go through it. I didn't realize until I got older that sex can become painful for a woman right just because of this now there is a medication that you can take that seems to help with that problem i don't know would you just have to go and investigate you know your choice in presto lubricants yeah no i mean i am a big proponent of lube even when things are great i think lube is a phenomenal thing it should be used uh, always almost i mean even if a woman starts off aroused and has enough lubrication naturally Depending on how long you're going, that can dry out. It doesn't mean she's not sure. into it or wants you to stop or anything, but I think having a lube around is a great thing. Now, Here's the say- thing that I would think uh, changes uh, from younger to older is that well, I remember as a young man, I would get lubes that were like, uh, you know, breathe on me and it'll get hot. And now oh, yeah. as I'm an old man, I just I, I don't want it to do anything I want to have just a clean palate here. I, I would like to do my stuff here. I don't want to make it hot. I don't want to make it cold. Just a slip and slide. You don't need the yes. flames thrown in or anything else, right? Yeah, that heating loop stuff. I don't like the way that works or feels. And I have no. skin, so maybe that's it. But but no, I uh, I'm a big advocate of lube. Um, it's maybe it's it's become almost a psychological thing for me. My uh, my uh, my ex wife had this issue always, so we always used it. And it just became connected to me. And I'll tell you, one of the reasons I can keep going for as long as I can now in my older age, yeah, lube has some sort of psychological effect. Like if I'm going and going and I start to lose, uh, you know, a full erection to keep mm. FCC friendly here, um, throw a little lube on and there's just some mental connection where I, I perk right back into action. It's like liquid Viagra for me. It's Pavlog's law, <laughs> dude. It is. I mean, it's you're Pavlog's right? response. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I think lube is a great thing, and it's an easy solution to this vaginal dryness issue. So, 
I'm inconsistent with lube in the way it makes me feel personally. Like sometimes lube makes me go way quicker. And sometimes it makes me go longer. You know what I Last mean? Last longer. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Well, you're decreasing friction. Sometimes friction is what leads to a you know to the orgasm for men. Yeah, so, yeah. I guess yeah, so. I, I can see that. But yeah, that seems like an easy solution to me, and nothing anyone should be ashamed of or anything else. Slide in everywhere with that stuff. I mean, there's some other great activities too that lube is basically required for. <laughs> you know, backdoor yeah. are best, as they say. So. Yeah. It's the key. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then on the on the male side, the number three thing here is uh, erection and ejaculation challenges. Uh, as men age, things change in the erection department, and that's normal. Quote, they will not have the same kinds of spontaneous or reflexive erections the way they used to. And they'll find uh, that they may need more and a variety of stimulation in order to get or maintain an erection. In addition, they may also find that their erections are not as hard or robust as they used to be. Having erection trouble from time to time is not unusual, but if you're unable to develop or sustain an erection, most times you try to have sex, you might be dealing with erectile dysfunction. We all know the solution to that, Viagra. Also, the uh, volume of ejaculate and the force with which it's released may be significantly less as you get older. Does anyone care about that, though? You know what? Nothing could come out. I mean, if, if that's I don't care about that as long as I still get the feeling of what's happening. And if you don't have stuff come out, is there no feeling of the orgasm? Like if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it, did it make a sound? Yes, dude. The answer to that question, by the way, is yes. Sound waves are tangible, so they exist whether you hear them or not. And I would say an orgasm exists whether there's uh, confetti or not. (laughs) And uh, I've never had a woman be, uh, I don't know, either impressed or disappointed. It doesn't come out with force and momentum. I will tell you that I have never uh, never understood that, but I do realize that there are people out there that uh, talk about throwing ropes. Do you know what this is? I mean, throwing throw, ropes. Throwing yes. ropes. Is this like a necklace? Is that? Yes, but I mean, like when you're throwing ropes, you really. I mean, it's just you have a lot, right? It's like the silly string, the can. It's just, yes, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, some people that's important to like, I think it makes them feel like more of a man. <laughs> I guess. But this um, again comes back to your own perception of sexuality. Bruski, you got something to say about it? I can just say that, you know, I mean, when you do that, for me, at least, it feels a little bit like the intensity of it. The, the, the more it feels better to me, you know? Okay. Well, you know, what I was just saying is is what this guy says to combat this. uh, He said the most important thing is to relieve performance and pressures by changing the objective of sex in the first place. In other words, get rid of this porn star fantasy that you have to shower the woman with your leavings. (laughs) You know, it's, Mm. you know, mature. This is all about maturing. So sure. The number four thing on this list uh, is a lower sexual desire as you get older. Stress, physical health problems, mental health issues, medication side effects, and declining hormone levels can contribute to decreased libido. Prevalent issues for those in their 50s include dealing with changes in their physical body and energy levels, which can lead to lower desire. The hormonal shifts not only affect uh, physiology and sexual desire, but they can also impact mental health. Uh, including fatigue and changes in mood. Uh, She suggests getting a hormone panel to see how to balance your hormones and reduce unwanted symptoms. Most hormonal changes are very manageable with the right support, and it's perfectly normal. For some, hormone replacement therapy might be appropriate. For others, more naturalistic things like yoga, meditation, and supplements can be helpful. Well, you know, uh, along that line, so many years ago when I was with Jen, we found out that my testosterone was, was kind of low. So they gave me this gel to put on my body. Yeah. And oh, it has testosterone to, in it? Yeah, exactly. Because she wanted to have a kid. Yeah. Jen was certain that if I did this, this would help us perhaps have a kid and that sort of thing. Well, right. what she didn't understand and I didn't know was that that sort of the stuff there actually decreases your potency. Oh, really? I mean, I know there's a lot of this, you know, uh, hormone pills that I see advertised all over the place for men. And most of it seems completely misplaced as to whether you actually need it or not. The urologist said, well, if you're trying to have a kid, we should probably get you on something that treats 
the erectile stuff as opposed to putting you on testosterone because the testosterone lowers your count. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. you should be addressing fertility, not uh, the hormone. But obviously, I didn't make that clear. And and, and, and also, Jen and I, we were being stupid and thinking that I had to go raise my testosterone and everything would be fine, you know? Yeah, yeah. Bruski, you're 52, correct? Yes, sir. And uh, Nick and I are 47. So do you feel your sex drive has decreased as you've gotten older? I'm not sure if I'm the right person to ask about that. The reason why I say that is because I'm also on antidepressants. One of the side effects for my my antidepressant is that it decreases your sex drive. So, so and have you noticed that? Uh, I mean, I know in theory you can decrease it, but if you, yeah. you, you know, think back 20s, 30s, 40s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mine is decreased, but that's just because. Is it dating fatigue or is yeah, it, you that's, know, your. That's, that's pretty much what it is. Does your internal sex drive, you know, does that still feel like it did in your 20s or 30s? Like, forget uh, about the fact that women have irritated you. Or, you uh, yeah, I'm still taking care of business on my own very regularly. Right. So. And I think that would be a true indication. If you're not, you know, roughing up the suspect, but once every few months, then that would be a very tangible decrease from all of us in our earlier years. Very, very good point. But no, I'm still taking care of business as as often as I possibly can. Yeah. And you haven't given up on women by any means. You're still on no. the dating apps throughout the time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, okay. So I guess, I mean, it might have decreased a little bit because back in my 20s, dude, I mean, I was, I was awful. I mean, I can recount at least three different times where I pulled double duty in one night. Yeah, you, know? you mentioned that before, and that is a good indicator. So you were with two different women in one night, and you don't think it, you can pull that trick off nowadays? No, 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 no. Interesting. And no. is that from the physical side or the mental side that you don't think you could? I think both, actually. Mm. Once I'm done everything there, I'm ready to just go and do everything else for the rest of the night. You yeah, know, yeah. go hang out, go watch a game, go have dinner, you know, all that sort of thing. Whereas when I was younger, it was like, go, go, go. And you were a sex addict. No, not, not, nothing like that. I How thought dare I was just you like, label him that way? He's a listen, I, I, it's a, it was said inquisitively. You were a sex addict, yeah? <laughs> oh, I, didn't, I didn't pick up on the question mark. <laughs> I mean, uh, and tell me if you weren't, but a lot of this sounds uh, like uh, you maybe had some addictions. Bruce, were you a sex addict? Well, you yeah, Dr. Say, Phil, I was. Turned into Dr. Phil all of a sudden. Uh, Listen, I'm curious. I'm curious. Uh, I'm not judging. I'm curious. No, no, no. no. Uh, I, I mean, I suppose these days, if you look back at some of the behavior, you, you might, you might call it that. You, all right. Uh, yeah. uh, again, not judging. I'm asking. No, no, I, I know. that. Let me ask you from the clinical standpoint, because there's a definition of addiction. Was it uh, was it interfering with the rest of your life? Could you not hold down no. a job because you were out trying to get laid so much? Could, no. Were you not able to pay the rent on time, the bills? Were you excluding friends from your life? Then you're no. just good red-blooded American, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what I always thought. Right. Listen, but, you know what this makes me think of, Brewski? And I again, these I'm being inquisitive here a lot of the time they will say the more stuff that you do in with your sex life that you have to eventually keep ramping up to different things to try to get off oh i get it so in other words you you get bored and like what used to be good for you no nothing like that i mean i was doing a little bit of everything the vanilla stuff very much more adventurous stuff some things that i found i didn't like this all sounds very actually healthy to me i mean so yeah yeah. okay so personal what about you how was your sex drive as you've as you're basically 50 now? Yeah, basically. <laughs> I do have uh, I, I mean, I can relate with Brewski as far as the medication goes. I can definitely tell a difference when I'm on it that it makes me less interested in kicking the idea off in my head. If it's presented to me, uh, I don't have an issue with it. So it would be more of an issue on me uh, initiating, okay. if that makes sense. You know what yeah. I mean? Sure. Yeah. It's not top of my mind unless it's presented to me. How long can you go before you start to think, hey, wait a minute, I haven't had sex in a while? Sometimes if it's not presented to me, I could go once every two weeks. Presented to you. I would love to see how Rachel presents it to you. That's- no, I, I, I just mean the idea of it. Like, hey, oh, you want to fool around, you know? Uh, I mean, it could be that simple. Okay. So what'd you say every uh, every two weeks? About once two every weeks? two weeks, 
if if it's not if I'm not presented with it, if it's my idea alone, that's right. probably where I'm at. I mean, which is way lower than it ever was before. I was gonna say, back in your twenties, how long would you would you go without sex before you'd start to wonder? A couple why? times, maybe two times a week, I've always been good with that. You know, that's been enough for me. I don't need okay. to do it more than that. But well, that's a little decrease, but that's not dramatic. By but until I started taking this medication, uh, that's exactly. Uh, I was happy with twice a week. And as soon as I got on this medication, like I said, it's not that I'm not interested in my wife or just in orgasming as a whole. It's just that, I don't know, whatever these drugs do, you don't think about it that often like you used to. Sounds like a terrible drug. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's the one, you, one I have to be on. So, yeah. I, you know, I, and I've never thought about it hasn't become the prob, uh, problem where as in I need to go get put on testosterone or something for it. But I've never actually really thought about being treated for it. Yeah. Well, if it's not a problem, it's not a problem. You know what I mean? Like if you're if you and Rachel are in a good flow of things, then it's not an issue. I guess right. it becomes an issue when you're when you are going too long or it is causing you a you know, sure. trepidation or angst or whatever. So that's interesting. And that's an interesting thing, too, uh, as you get older, that you hope you end up with somebody who has the same drive as you or close to the same drive, because there's nothing worse than being in a marriage where yours is high, theirs is low or, sure. you know. Yes, I can speak to that. <laughs> yeah, like that's important to keep that in your relationship. I would I would think that like, hey, let's kind of stay on the let's cycle up here. You I think it's hugely I mean? important, well, and I had convinced myself years back that it was not, that my desires were, uh, you know, unreasonable or something, because my wife and I had completely different sex drives. You were made to feel like a pervert? Yes. Yeah. Like, I, I wanted it too much, and that was unreasonable, or yeah, it was some sort of perv that I wanted to have sex several times a week. I wasn't even well, talking about, like, several times a day or even seven days a week. What is reasonable to you? reasonable versus what i want are two different numbers sure i would say twice a week is a good yeah that's reasonable that's a healthy sex life i i can even see once a week and in, in some scenarios being healthy but i'm more in the four to five times a week kind of range okay you have a, what the look at the drive on you yeah, i mean you, you you have an immense thirst for sexual behavior Yes, I'm a lover, Nick. I'm a lover. <laughs> so. I mean, wow. Is this, had, and this is picked up for you? Well, yes and no. I would say my internal clock has probably always been the same. But because of 17 years in a marriage where I was not having those needs met, there's definitely probably some pent-up demand that I would say has probably increased my, uh, my sex drive to some extent. Which no one seems to be complaining in my life anymore, so that's been good. I have found uh, partners in these last three years that that I'm on the same level with. You you feel the partner you have wants it the same? My current partner? We're talking about Dottie. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm having a small concern. I will say um, we're definitely on the same level, but I will tell you, for example, and I'm wondering if I have to broach this conversation with her. Although she's going to be listening to this, so I guess I'm doing it right now. <laughs> You're doing it anyway. Right. Steve Harness. We just spent three days together, and that yeah. was the that's the first time we've ever been able to spend you know several days in a row together because our kids' schedules weren't matching up, and now they are. Yeah, so we spent three days together and had sex eight times in those three days. So that means wow. if you do the math, that's at least twice a day. But one of the days had to be three, and I, I, I enjoyed it. I hung with it, but I'm starting to wonder if I have to mention like. If we ever live together, like we can't be doing it two and three times a day, seven days a week. Like I'm not capable of that level. I never was. Yeah, definitely not as uh, as I do get a little older. But even uh, as far as being capable, I mean, is it something you're desirous of? Like, do you want that if you were capable of it? I mean, whatever I want, I'm capable of, you know, like if I put my mind to something then I'm going to achieve it. So if I wanted to be having sex two and three times a day, seven days a week, could I do it? I guess. But I don't. I don't want it. So I'm not going to be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But, OK. You know, if you're on an exotic trip for a week, sure. Like take it up yeah. to the, the top level or or like Dottie and I, we only get to see each other every now and again. So it's a special of, occasion. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of pent up demand. There's a, yeah. It's got to be different metrics if you're living with somebody versus dating and you're only seeing each other. On certain and you know what? I bet when you have that conversation with her, it's gonna, she's going to be like, oh, absolutely. I, I understand that. 
Yeah, I would assume so. I, I don't yeah. think because two and three times a day, seven days a week, that probably is some level of sex addiction. Because that's I a, would say so. Yeah, is this yeah. Uh, and lube uh, is definitely required for that? Let me tell you. <laughs> at this point, <laughs> yeah. At, at this point in time, is this a mutual initiation, or is one person is she initiating more than you to have it that many times? Uh, it's, I would say it's relatively mutual at this point. Like um, we're both initiating. Uh, I, I think relatively equally. And I'll tell you, though, too, and I don't know if this is new love or just a different type of love or whatever it is. But, for example, last night uh, was our last night together and she was doing some work. I was doing some work. We got in bed together. And as I got into bed, I started thinking, like, I don't really need to have sex. Like, we've done it quite a bit over these last few days. I'm okay with just watching the show and going to bed. Yeah. We get in bed together and, you know, she touches my knee and just like it chemistry just kicks into gear. And I was like, yep, I want it. So, you know, like, you got to win. Yeah. We ended up having sort of a bit of a marathon session. And was it what I wanted 30 minutes prior? No. But then I get in the moment. I'm like, yep, I'm ready. I'm capable. So let's have it. Yeah. And I will say I'm not capable of two to three orgasms a day. Last night's session, I, I, I never I never achieved that. And that is fine with me. You know, yeah. I don't have to. Uh, I, I just enjoy the process, the act. I, I love it all. I like making her feel good. So if yeah. I'm able to, great. But I also don't give myself a guilt trip because this goes back to maturing with sexual, you know, your sexuality that. You know, if I don't spray confetti everywhere, it's fine. I'm still having a good time. There's a uh, solid question to be asked here because it's fine for you. Uh, is it fine for her? I mean, is uh, some women can feel self-conscious if it doesn't happen that they are somehow responsible for that. Yeah, I, I would assume it is uh, an issue, oh, yeah. but I've addressed it. Uh, I did it prior and uh, we, I talked about it last night. That you know, here's the thing. When I start going, when when I first penetrate a woman, um, there's the immediate urge to uh, to come, and then if I can sort of get over that initial you know hill, then I can go for a while. But sometimes, eh, I don't know, eight or nine times out of ten, um, I- I'm able to come fine. But there, there's one or two out of ten where I've just pushed it too far back. You uh, pass you know, that mark, there's yeah. no return, right? And there's no that's nothing negative. That's not a commentary on my me and my age or her and her age desire. The way the body works, dude. Exactly. exactly. And I again, like I was just saying, like I'm still having fun. Like it's all good. So, you know, I I I a woman I dated previously, the Valley Girl, had said, like, well, if you're not going to achieve an orgasm, why are you doing this? And I'm just like, I'm sorry for the men you've apparently been with because <laughs> it shouldn't just be about me and just spraying confetti. It should be about the whole act. And I think that is something as I've gotten older, I appreciate the act of it so much more. Just yeah. the whole process. I, Everything. I, yeah, I get it. Foreplay, the act of. Ad, like, sure. Oh. Well, would you describe it as a cool process? Is that what you said? Uh, it's an enjoyable process. It's cool. Like I, I just get into all of the the intricacies yeah. of of sex, foreplay, the whole action. You're too. And it doesn't all have to be marathon. Sometimes it could be short, but yeah. As I've gotten older, I do appreciate something Bruce just mentioned. Like when we got through the marathon sex last night, after three days of just going back and forth and all that, there's a certain sense of relief of like, all right, I've done my job. I put in a full <laughs> effort. Now I feel like I can just smoke a bowl, watch show, go to bed and not have any guilt or trepidations about did I do my job as the man or anything. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I never felt that in my 20s or 30s. But now it's like, yeah, mission accomplished. You know, I can feel good about this. And, uh, Listen, I think, you know, as you're talking about the whole process of it being cool, I think that's part of the process, dude. The after is part of the process. Yeah. Like but the I way you're sitting there stuff, feeling right? and, and uh, you know, you can relax a yes. little bit. It's nice. Totally agree. But that came with maturity for me, at least. So I think sex can and does often get better with age and so many of these different levels as you become more comfortable. And we've read articles on the show before, both now and in the old days of, you know, STDs running rampant at retirement homes. Yeah. Because the smart ones still are in touch with all that stuff. So, yeah, have at it. It's funny you mentioned that because I was I just saved an article about yep. that very thing about a particular retirement community that is experiencing that sort of problem. Yeah, that I, I would love to have that problem. I don't actually want the STDs when I'm old, but I'm just saying I would love to still have that sex drive and be around like minded people where 
where it's possible. Well, at least. I guarantee you, you wouldn't like this particular retirement community. This particular community outside of Miami uh, is known for being um, a major haven for Trumpers. That's a disease I don't ever want to get. So. <laughs> yeah, like like, big, like like too much of a turnoff, dude. They go around in their golf carts. They have these these Trump caravans and nice. I will say hate sex is not something I've evolved into, but maybe as I get older, that would be where I'd be begging a Trumper. Just you well, stupid, dirty conservative. <laughs> well, I've, I've always said that. There's a question on uh, one of the dating apps that said, do you enjoy humiliation? I answered yes, because I've had dreams of certain conservative commentators, you know, like SC cop, you know, calling me names while things are happening between us. Yes. Yeah, nice. Wow. Yeah, I'll humiliate a conservative. <laughs> I'll debate their politics while I'm banging them, and that should humiliate them thoroughly. That sounds awful to me. <laughs> you know, seriousness, it liberal. does. That's why I'm not into it. But, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, that, that was really part does. of my dating profiles of if you're a Trumper, just keep on going. I don't even want to waste my time. I don't yeah. I don't understand how anyone could do that. There are a lot of people in the nursing homes uh, doing it up. And uh, when we sit at almost 50, I now have friends that are almost 60. Uh, and I hear that sex continues if it's something that you keep in your life. It's like a, a goldfish. If you feed it, if you talk to it every once in a while, like it's going to swim around. But if you don't, you're going to lose it. It's going to die, right? Yeah. I guess it comes down to the internal clock. If you're in a loveless marriage and you've convinced yourself that you don't need it, that's sad. I've now realized. But otherwise, yeah, you got to go with what uh, feels right inside as far as frequency and all that. Brewski, what is it called when a person can still love in a relationship but uh, doesn't care about sex? So, you know. Computing, computing, computing. Brewski is computing. Boston Booyah! Here is the answer. You mean the, the old term would be like frigid or something like that? No, there's, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> come on. Oh, oh, I don't know what you're looking for. Are so you talking about you. like the. Um, yeah. What do I identify as if I can love, but I don't want to have sex? Pansexual. No, pansexual means that you'll have sex with anybody. <laughs> okay. So there's a there's a term for people oh, who. Oh, yeah. There's um, there's gray sexual people. Who uh, and then there's also um, oh Jesus um, <laughs> yeah exactly I know jeez huh? um, it together Nick and Steve <laughs> right yeah I know huh? it's our fault dude giving him erectile dysfunction right now putting him on the spot like this so yeah <laughs> oh it's it's asexual that's what asexual it is. our computer they're, may be on dial up but it always comes there around. you go yes that they're they're, they're they're asexual <laughs> yes what a terrible life i'm sorry <laughs> shoot me well um, yeah some of them are just what they just say you know <laughs> i just want to have company i just want to hang out well isn't that being a friend right i i would argue that comes from some sort of baggage in your past of i don't need sex just let's hang out and be friends because yeah you're I, right it's just being friends there's yeah. something that i feel that you personally steve uh would be happy in a uh, uh as you get older in a nudist colony does no. that why do you no, say that because that's not about sex when you're exactly. playing have you ever played volleyball <laughs> naked have I you would- no, I would. I agree with what Bruski's saying. Most nudists are not doing it for a sexual thing. I don't. Uh, no, I don't want to play volleyball naked or any of that stuff. And quite frankly, I don't sleep naked for the same reason. Like I need my junk contained and safe. I don't need it flopping around. Oh. That sounds like a nightmare to play volleyball naked. I, I think about the sun and I get a sunburn. I can't even <laughs> imagine playing volleyball nude. I got to like lube up my entire body with like right. sunscreen. No. No. Brewski, what's the name of the island where people fly to to just have sex with each other? So, you know. Computing, computing, computing. Brewski is computing. Boston Booyah. Here is the answer. That would be Jeffrey Epstein's Lolita Island. (laughs) (laughs) Correct answer. (laughs) I was looking for another answer, but you're right. I mean, that is it. Fantasy Island? Are we going back to the 70s TV show? What's the place where you go and they shoot porn and everything there? It's an island. Oh, oh, there's a resort that's called Hedonism. That's what I'm... Thank you, Bruce. This dial-up is killing me today. Uh, (laughs) Hedonism may be a place for you to like, Steve. It's swingers. Yeah. Although, you know what, though? There are cats, man, that walk around that place all wearing banana hammocks. I bet. I'm not into, no, I need to find my person 
I've always said, I don't want to bang a million people. Uh, I want to find one person and bang them a million times. I don't need to go to some adult resort and be skanky about it. But the idea of taking my person on a tropical vacation and just doing sex, drugs, rock and roll all week. Like, yes, you like that. Freaking lootly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got to experience that once in my adult life so far, and it was one of the best weeks of my life for just that reason. And the person I was with uh, is not per se the reason. It's just the fact that I had a, a willing partner that I, you know, Obviously, we were dating and love and all that stuff, but just to be able to go on a tropical vacation and just sex, drugs, rock and roll, like, yes, that's a phenomenal week. But I needed to be with someone I know. So here's a question, and this is something that happened this past weekend in my car while I was driving Uber passengers. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So so these guys are having a conversation about women that they're dating and hooking up with. And one of the guys was saying, I hook up with her and I like hanging out with her. But there's no way I could ever have her as the mother of my children because I couldn't do ABC with the mother of my children. Sure. Well, but but if you can't do those things that you enjoy with the mother of your children, then you aren't going to have a great relationship. And I Uh, wanted to say that to these guys because they're all probably, I would say, between 23 and about 26, 27. I was just going to say that is an immature perspective on marriage and wives and all that stuff. What do you want? Uh, A geek on the streets and a freak in the sheets? Is that what uh, the the term is? A lady in the streets, freak in the sheets. All right. So, yeah, that's what you want, and that's what you can have. I mean, that's out there, right? It's like that pop song nowadays we've been playing on our station. You can't make a wife out of a hoe. Can I make a hoe out of a wife? No, can't make a wife out of a hoe. (laughs) I don't agree with that at all. I think that's the ideal person to make a wife out of. (laughs) Well, yeah, exactly. You know, Uh, and because if you ever lose your job, then you you can put it to work. (laughs) I like the way you're thinking. Solid point. (laughs) I didn't mean a literal hoe. I know. I know. (laughs) I saw the opening and I just decided to go go on. You know, that's my sexual philosophy right there. I see the opening. I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> you know, Steve, and also Nick knows you're both married guys. Or you I'm were not married. married. But- <laughs> no, no, but you, you were at one time. If Dottie's though. listening right now. She's freaking out. What do you mean he's married? <laughs> no, no, no. But you were. You can have both sides of that. Yeah. Sure. I, wasn't, I wasn't flawed in my thinking that these guys needed to mature and understand right? what relationships are all yeah, about. No, you're correct. Yeah, those yeah. Young okay. dudes, though, they got some uh, maturing to do. Yeah. Bruce, okay. I know you got an article related to all of this about uh, about self-love. Wait for another brewski. This one is a crazy brewski. It says abstaining from masturbation. And by the way, this comes from the Daily Mail raises risk of anxiety, depression and erectile dysfunction. Interesting. That just makes good sense there. It sounds correct in so many ways. We read an article on the show a couple episodes back about masturbation um, being a negative thing, that it drained your sex drive and all the stuff. And I, I wholeheartedly rejected that. So That is the same doctor that came up with, uh, if you do it too much, you'll go blind. It says, when people masturbate, it prompts the release of feel-good hormones, like oxytocin. It's like training for the Olympic events. You know, I made this analogy before, that you got to do some practicing. You got to stay in shape. You can't just show up to the big game. So that totally makes sense. And the release of endorphins. And Nick, you had brought an article one time about how often are you supposed to have orgasms per month for good prostate health? That's right. And uh, it's up there, dude. I mean, you should really probably try and rough up the suspect every other day. You know, you really should. He's been a bad boy, and, (laughs) you know, you want to stay healthy. It's all good for you. This is like the equivalent of taking a walk if you're depressed, right? Like you get outside, things start flowing in your mind, in your brain. These chemicals are released. That's just good lovemaking. I think the article you had read said you were supposed to have, like, I think it was like 28 orgasms a month. 29. 29 in order to have good prostate health. And again, if you've got a partner that you're doing a 29 out of 30 days of an average month, I mean, that's that's quite a bit. That's more than most people can do. So you've got to be able to mix self-love into there. You have to, dude. And here's the other question to think about. When you're in a relationship and you have solo self-love, do you report it? I mean, uh, are we reporting in? <laughs> Just want to let you know, I spent a little time doing this today. It's funny you ask that because I knew a guy in Seattle, actually, who was who had a girlfriend for a while who said that 
if he did that, he was cheating on her. So here's the thing. And then this came up on another episode as well about women who try to control your masturbation. Yeah. And that is a gigantic red flag. I knew Ooh. it before my last relationship and it happened to me for the first time ever where I had a woman that was looking at me, you know, don't want, she didn't want me to, and she wanted to know if I did and how was it doing? What were you watching? <laughs> and I told you guys, like I tolerated it because the Hindenburg and I had a healthy sex life and it was like, you know, she was offering. So I didn't feel it, but I snuck it in a few times and I felt guilty about it and I should not. It is no. uh, it's preposterous. So, yeah. no, that's a red flag if a woman is trying to control your uh, masturbatory habits, for sure. You know, there's Everyone reality. Is. Sometimes sex is a lot of effort. Sometimes, you know, just squeeze one out real quick and get to work already, you know? Yeah. Are you I, a person who is going to squeeze one out before the big game or after the big game? So, I will tell you, as I was out in the dating world here, if you're thinking you're going to have it with a woman for the first time and it's been a while since you've had it because you're dating and you're not getting it consistently. Yes. I'll something about marry it for sure. Exactly. I'll, uh, I'll do it several hours ahead of time so that I don't kill my momentum for that night. Sure. But yeah, I think it's a good idea, but now that I'm having a normal sex life, no, I will not yeah. because I'm not worried about, you know, going too quickly or anything else. And, there is a limited tank. And as like I said, two or three times a day we're at right now, like I need to keep as much in reserve as I can. That's I'm good. curious to know, though, uh, before, like, say a big uh, I say we had a big show. Are oh. you superstitious enough to think that, oh, if I do this before, then I won't be on. So I'll do it after. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah. That's yes. what I, I figured you were, dude. Yeah, I've got a window before the show that I won't do it because we we tested this theory years ago that men are kind of stupid after they orgasm for a good hour. Or two. <laughs> like your brain is just not functioning on the same level. Right. So, yeah, I need to be. It's the same reason I don't smoke pot before the show. I got to be focused to you be, be sharp as a tack, dude. Yes, because of what we're doing. We got I got to think on my toes. So, yeah, that's me figuring out my body. And yes, we did that experiment on this talk show years and years ago. So, yeah, it held to be true, dude. If you remember correctly. Yeah, I'll do sex and drugs immediately after the show. but I don't do them beforehand. So interesting. Yeah. Mm. And no one else has that conundrum or concern? I don't. I continue to test, but <laughs> I don't have that problem, you know? Like, You're just uh, experimenting. Yeah. <laughs> just making sure, dude. You haven't figured out an answer yet, huh? You just got to keep running those results. You need a yeah. big pool to, to pull from. You know <laughs> yeah, what? I, yeah, I need a big test. Here's a question. Do you gentlemen have anything that is unusual that turns you on? I mean, in my mind, it's not unusual. So I don't know how to answer that question. Uh, do you have any porn categories that you would search for that you would think, oh, I hope no one would see that oh. I like this? Mm. Same type of question, you know, I suppose. But Oh, okay. I mean, I mean, for me, that'd be little people, but, you know. And that uh, is that a novelty for you or it, it really turns you on? No, it really turns me on. There, there was uh, a, a female LP that lived across the street from me in Seattle um, uh, that I would see at Fred Meyer every so often. I couldn't bring myself to walk over and talk to her, though. I just couldn't do it, but, oh, yeah, she did mm -hmm. it for me. Yeah. I don't feel yeah. I do have a porn category. Well, okay, there's one, but I have to explain why I searched this category because it's going to immediately sound bad. Uh, it's the family category. <laughs> Oh, oh, the but they're step family, dude. Exactly. And it's yeah. where you find good MILF porn because it's always the hot stepmom banging the younger guy. And in my mind, I'm still that younger guy. And I like to find porn that is, you know, occasionally age specific for me. Yeah. So the family category does have a lot of hot MILF action going on. And they're mm. always very clear in those videos that it's a stepson. <laughs> Your yes. father's not home, stepson. What would he think? <laughs> yes. 100%. So, yeah, there's a few hot MILF porns out there. That fall into the family category, and I feel ridiculous ever clicking on that tab. But I, I know that's where good milf porn is at. So, well, the reason yeah, there's why nothing I, weird within that category. It's just doggy styling or whatever it is. Like you know. Well, I the, I was asking that because have you ever heard of people who are sexually attracted to objects? No, it's called it's called no. objectum sexual. I and, mean, I, I, a lot of men think women are objects. So if you're going with that category, <laughs> well, because I have. A, I have a story here of a woman from Germany who uh, has a sexual relationship with airplanes. 
I've uh, I've seen uh, some of these people have actually I think they were on Dr. Phil or something like that. People that are sexually attracted and have relationships with inanimate objects. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a deviation in your brain somewhere. It's called mental illness, I think. But yeah. you know, I mean, I could see like wanting to have sex on a plane that that would turn you on. I have this fantasy about bending somebody over my dirt bike and doing like you know, but I don't want to have sex with my dirt bike. <laughs> I want a woman involved in the process. Well, she says that that she's taken thirty mini vacations in the last year just so she can share the sky with these different planes, and that when they experience turbulence. That really kind of um, sets things off, if you will. It's the shake, dude. I mean, <laughs> and, it's, it's, but, here's, but here's the other thing. She has she spent over forty three hundred dollars on large model airplanes that she actually physically like cuddles and rubs against and <laughs> uses it to um, pleasure herself. Yeah, there's something out there for everyone, dude. That's yeah. for I mean, sure. Including a therapist, of... and that woman may want to call one. <laughs> so. I mean, if it, it, the plane does kind of look like a penis if you think about it. Sure. I, I will say I've developed somewhat of a uh, interest, tolerance, occasional acceptance of pain, and that was never a thing for me. But it has to be pleasure and pain, not just pain. Because I told you, like my ex before, like she would bite me during sex. And that was there was something cool about that. The pain along with the pleasure. But then one time she just bit me like she just walked him and bit my chest. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Get the hell off me. (laughs) Yeah. Pleasure and pain. And that was never a thing. So that might be part of what we started this hour off of. That is your big picadillo. I mean, it's nothing I ever like asked for anything. It's just one of those. Like you accidentally uh, drink red wine for the first time. You're like, hey, now I like red wine. What do you know? There you go. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Similar thing. So yeah. otherwise, no, I can't think of anything weird, quote unquote, that turns me on. But it's a good question. I mean, I've, I've dated women that had really weird. I dated a woman that had a thing for blade play, which was not my thing at all. Yeah, and again, made, get a therapist. Yeah, and made, it made me really nervous because yes. she wanted, she wanted <laughs> you to kill her by mistake. <laughs> yes, <laughs> good. yes. And, and, but she thought I was being unreasonable for being <laughs> nervous about that. I'm like, you want but, me to hold a knife to your throat while you do certain things to me? Yeah, no, complicated. That's a mental you. illness, dude. <laughs> right. I just, yeah. I never saw that card in the Valentine's Day section. <laughs> it's not in the Kama Sutra either. Right. Let me count the ways I love you as I hold a knife to your throat while you go down on me. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but, but hey, I'm also not here to judge. Yeah. Well, we are a little bit, or we wouldn't have a program, right? Oh, that's true, actually. So. <laughs> All right. Speaking of the program, it's time to wrap this one up, which because I've been snipped, as Brewski pointed out, I no longer have to wrap anything up except the show. So. <laughs> we'll wrap it up today. You can see us on our webpage, thevocalminority.net. Find all our socials. Communicate with the show there. And Africa, thank you for listening. Yeah. yeah. What's up, New Zealand? Spread the word, all of you people. Okay. Okay. Test one, two. Test one, two. Stop. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve.